Holy shit. This film, guys. I... This film is just so, like, amazing. And it's so worth all of the awards and the accolades that it received. I finally got to sit down with the whale... Oh my god, it is just such a great film. And I was just I was expecting some some real goodness out of this, especially, you know, since I'm uh, a Brendan Fraser fan and I've loved his comeback and I think his story is something that should be, you know, uh, I guess revered, you know, people should really look at his story and look at like what happened to him and kind of shine a light on the idea of what he went through and let it be an example to people of like what is going on with him and how much he's able to come back from that. And even, even just the idea of saying come back, like for me, he never really left. He just didn't get a lot of the full recognition that he deserved after a certain point. And I want to say it was probably sometime after like the mummy returns, um, because even after the mummy returns, when he did uh, the third one, six or seven years after the fact. I think, like, Mummy Returns is 2000-ish, and then uh, the Mummy, the the third Mummy with Jet Li that came out, like, something around, like, 2010 or something like that. Like, that's how long the gap is in comparison to the Mummy and the Mummy Returns being only about a year apart from each other. Even between that, like, gap of time, he was just only kind of getting... In my in my mind, bottom of the barrel kind of roles. Like he had, um, he he was in that really good uh, version of Crash from like two thousand four, two thousand five. He played a character in the GI Joe movie that came out around that time. He had a really good movie called Inkheart. Fantastic film, but not something that was like like world renowned and revered. Nothing that got the kind of play like The Mummy or Bedazzled or George of the Jungle or any of these films that really like put him on the map in the nineties. And he kind of just fell off unless you're a fan, unless you're following him and looking out for these things. Now all of a sudden here he comes in this ridiculous role this fantastic role in the whale where he plays this obese father and he's just kind of fighting his depression and you're learning more and more about his his backstory and his life and you meet his estranged daughter and you learn why she's estranged and you start to see like what she's kind of like in his like atmosphere and he's trying to He's like, seems like such a good hearted soul, but he's really just killing himself at the end of the day. And it's so interesting of a story that I just, I could not believe how good it was because I, I expected it to be good, but it totally exceeded my expectations. Now, for those who don't know, The Whale is based actually on a play. It's based on a play that came out about 10 years ago. Uh, it's written by Samuel D. Hunter, who, as far as I know, isn't really known for anything else besides that. Uh, I've looked at his history, not much there as far as anything that could be considered worthwhile, except for The Whale, and that's only because of now it being adapted into this film. And the film kind of plays out as if it was a a play in itself. The, the movie plays out in this way that's all focused around his apartment. You never really leave his apartment the entire time. And you see all these people coming in and out of his life, all these different people that are kind of 
like showing you that there there is more parts to him than what he's what he's kind of shows off in the beginning. Now he's got his estranged daughter who he's trying to reconcile with, and he's only trying to reconcile with her because he has such a ridiculous um, uh, medical episode. I think it's a heart attack, if I remember correctly. He has a heart attack, and because of his obesity, if he doesn't do something about it, he could he's literally going to die. So he doesn't plan on doing anything about it. He just plans to eat himself into his deathbed. So he decides to reconcile with his daughter. So now he has this sort of nurse, but it's just a best friend of his. And the only way he's connected is through his, uh, not ex-lover, but through his former lover. And the, the lover, this nurse lady, is like his sister. And they're the only kind of two that really loved her brother because they were like victims of this sort of cult, this like religious group, you know, kind of like Scientology, but they're say they're, they're called something else in the movie. And the brother was part of that, but the brother was gay and the cult didn't really wasn't really okay with that. So they left and were disowned by their family and disowned by the the religious group, but they met the Brendan Fraser character and they fell in love and they, they were together for a long time until he had a lapse and went back to the cult and then winded up kind of disappearing. And I believe they found him um, weeks after he disappeared and he had died. And that caused Brendan Fraser's character to go into a depression. That depression led him to eat very manically and gained 600 pounds and because he's the only one that loved her brother this lady this nurse now comes by and checks on him and makes sure he's okay uh there's also a, a small part for a pizza delivery guy who shows up sporadically throughout the film where he just constantly is ordering two pizzas two large pizzas for himself tells him to leave it outside and after like the fourth time the pizza guy actually kind of stays around because he just waits for him to leave and then he goes outside and grabs the pizza. So the pizza guy had never actually seen him and then he sees him finally and it sort of startles uh, Brendan Fraser's character and because it startles him, it's like he doesn't want anybody to see him. He never leaves his house. I mean, physically he can't, but he never really wants to either. So he just lives there getting pizza delivered, getting huge sandwiches brought to him. And because he's basically eating himself to death, he wants to reconcile with his daughter. Now, why does he have a daughter if he's gay? Well, he used to be married, and during that marriage, they had a daughter. But he discovered that he wasn't really happy, and why he wasn't happy was because he was lying to himself about his sexuality. So that already kind of builds the foundation of what his depression is like. He suppressed these actual feelings he had for himself for some reason and these feelings that made him feel that he was actually just a heterosexual male no he is actually he actually likes men and he actually is he actually is gay and he was fighting that for so long so because of that fight it caused their marriage to break up and then he kind of accepted that this is what he really wanted to be and what who he was really attracted to and that's where he met this lady's brother and then, as I said before, the whole storyline, blah, 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 and his depression comes back because now the person he loves is, loves is dead, and it's the only person that he's truly loved and the first person he kind of loved in that sort of realm of stepping out of what he thought his life was to what his life is now, and so he just goes into a deep, dark depression and eats himself like crazy. You see him eat, and a guy, oh my goodness, if most of this stuff was, 
CGI orientated in some way because we already know that it's actually Brendan Fraser. He's just, he's just wearing a fat suit, but the way he eats the food, it it doesn't seem real. So either the food is fake and meant to seem like it's easier to eat than what he's portraying, or it's CGI to some of the best CGI ever because he looks like what he's eating is he's actually eating, but it's humanly weird to see a person eat that way. Like he's finishing candy bars in three bites and he, he, he takes like a six pack of three musketeers out and he starts eating them one by one as if they were potato chips. It is so gross but it is just meant to exemplify the type of issues he has where he he's fighting these inner feelings and when he gets emotional the only way he can cope with those emotions is eating and there's a huge scene later on in the film where the wife visits him again because of course he has the daughter coming back and forth um to try to build up some kind of a relationship in the few weeks he has left and the wife comes to try to be like, what are you doing? You promise you never wanted to contact her or anything because they didn't have a healthy breakup. I mean, I don't think anybody would have a healthy breakup if in the middle of their, you know, some odd years marriage, however long it was, they all of, all of a sudden decided to say, hey, you know what? I actually like men and I don't like you anymore. And that probably is very difficult for the woman to deal with, especially considering the fact that they probably fought for so many years because he was burying this really deep inside of himself. So they have a very interesting um, dialogue back and forth. And it, it's very interesting towards the story because you kind of see how they still kind of both care for each other. But it's you don't know if it's the fact that they did really did love each other at one point or if it's the fact that there is a connection there, which is why he probably still made himself care about his daughter, maybe because he essentially doesn't care about his daughter up until this point. He just kind of sits there and he, he's an online teacher and he never shows his face because he's obese and he's ashamed of himself and he just makes money. And the whole point is that he's trying to bribe his daughter with the money he has saved up, which she is actually supposed to get when she turns like 20 and the mother's pissed because he's like, you're, you're giving this to her too early and then he explains, but I'm dying and I want to try to have something with her. Now, the reason it's called the whale is because he is attached to this story. Well, no, he's not attached to a story. He is, he's attached to a like a, I guess, like a book report or something that the daughter did many years ago when he was still in the picture. And he's attached to this so much. And what she's writing about, actually, is she's writing about how she read Moby Dick and had to do something for school. And he just loved her writing so much that he held on to that for so long. So he's this English teacher online and the girl, his daughter, is not doing well in school. So he invites her over, says, I will help you with the writing and we will, you know, just stay with me. I'll pay you and I'll do your homework, essentially. When in all actuality, he just kind of doesn't. He just wants her there. And she gets pissed because he's, like, really not helping her. And then she discovers that he has this random book report from when she was younger. And she's just like, why do you have this? And she's like, because it's the greatest thing that's, that I think has ever been written. And it's just a really heartfelt moment that ends with kind of her reading it to him for probably the first time in maybe 12 years since the last time he saw her. And that's when it kind of 
like this bright light shines on him and you're kind of led to believe that he he passed on to the voice of his daughter reading this book report it's it's a very very gut-wrenching film when you when you look at it from the perspective of the the just the mental state of this man and just how depressing it looks and i'm not gonna lie i'm sort of a fat kid you know i love you know food i love cooking i love eating good things I was a little grossed out at certain things, but there was a there was a scene where he's just eating a bucket of fried chicken, and everybody else I'm in like the room with, like we watched it in my living room, and everybody else in the room is really grossed out by all the stuff he's eating, and I'm with them all the way. But there's a scene where he's eating fried chicken, and I'm just like, "Fuck, would I want some of that? I want some of that fried chicken." And it that's really what I thought in that moment. So that's just my intrusive thought winning over this discussion I'm trying to have. So I'm digressing. So let's get back to the point. I'm just thinking about that fried chicken now, and now I actually want fried chicken, but we'll we'll move past that. So, so the movie is directed by Darren Aronofsky. For those who don't know who Darren Aronofsky is, Aronofsky, I'm sorry, I'm pronouncing that wrong because I'm saying it too fast. Darren Aronofsky. That's how you say his name. He is well known, if you hadn't known what he had done before, he is known for Requiem for a Dream, He's the writer and director of that. He is the director of Black Swan. He is the director of The Wrestler. He is the director of Mother. And he also wrote that, I believe, too. Uh, Mother was that film that came out maybe six years ago with Jennifer Lawrence. Tremendous film history this guy has. And this is just another one on that mark of him just continuously having this really good track record while only having eight movies or something under his belt. And I'm only mentioning a couple of them and he's been around since the mid nineties. So being somebody who's been involved in, you know, Hollywood for nearly 20, 30 years, only having certain, a certain number of films out there, but all of those films being extremely good, at least let's say if there's 10 of them, at least eight of them are awesome. I know one of them is that film, um, Noah with Russell Crowe, a lot of people really didn't like that. I haven't seen that one yet. But Requiem for a Dream is one of my favorite films in the world. The Wrestler is such a good film. Uh, Mother is such a good film. This film is tremendous. And it's just it just shows that he has like the chops for this, but he only makes movies like every five years. So when he makes a movie, you know it's going to be a big deal. And this movie is a tremendous success. And I'm so happy for all the awards it's getting and all the light it's shining on Brendan Fraser as an actor. I think he's a great actor. I've loved him, you know, since the first few movies I saw him in when I was younger, you know, George of the Jungle, Encino Man, all those films. It's just, it, it, it's peak Brendan Fraser for me, and seeing him still at it, regardless of what Hollywood's done to him, is amazing, and I hope it continues. I hope he keeps getting really, really good roles, and he comes back with something else that's just as tremendous, because I think he's proven to everybody that it doesn't matter what Hollywood wants to say about him. Uh, he's Brendan Fraser, and I'm here to stay. That's what he's saying, and that's this kind of role for him, and it's just such, such a good role to have that statement with.